2: Alrighty peeps, how you doing? Does it feel a little different? Does it sound a little different? It is a little different because no longer are we today WFH Cordell nor WFH from the living room at Bondi. What we do know is Chrissy up there on the Gold Coast is still Chris up on the Gold Coast. So that's how we present ourselves on this Monday afternoon. G'day afternooners. Thank you for listening, Uh, however you are listening. SEN welcomes you to what we like to describe here as our very broad house of worship. We're in the studios. It's, It's different, but it's the same. So we're in the same studio. We're not yet in the new studios, but it's a lot of excitement around the building, isn't there, Coach K? I'm getting the nodding head from Coach K. So he and I haven't seen each other directly for a period of time. That was an emotional homecoming too. Or not. But anyway, uh, welcome back to the listeners across the SEN network. SEN Q693 AM up there in Brisbane. SEN 1170 AM in Sydney. Remember, if you've downloaded that SEN app, you can listen anywhere at any time. And I know a lot of people do over there in the west of Australia, Adelaide, they're listening, regional areas of New South Wales. We're doing it all thanks to our great friends at SBS Fence. That's Portable Toilet and Temporary Fence Hire in Sydney, SBSFence.com dot AU that's Alex and the team. If you want to be a part of the program today, we openly encourage you to do so. one one 1170 the text line 0457-736-736. Right, on the program today, City Morning Herald sports journalist Dan Walsh. So We'll get to this story coming out of the UK, but that is a a change in the laws about where you can tackle in the amateur game right up until the reserve grade level. They're looking to introduce it into the UK Super League in 2025. It's not too far away, peeps, and I'd love to get your thoughts on it. We'll get Dan's very shortly. SENZ host Mark Stafford. So Steffi's here. We've got the managing director and publisher at Media Week, Trent Thomas. He's a regular on a Monday. We look forward to that. And, And I am reliably informed that we are going inside the Queensland Bulls, the Brisbane Heat. We're going inside that squad with whom we are waiting on confirmation. Come on, Stevie, up there. Anyone in Brisbane at the moment that knows a bloke named Steve who works for the Queensland Cricket? Just give him a little nudge. Who's out, what? What's top of our wish list? We've got Matt Renshaw, Michael Nisa. So lots of respect for those two guys. So anyone got any sort of pull there with Stevie up there at Coinset Cricket? Uh, there's been text conversation today. We are looking to lock in one of those two guys. Uh, lots to talk about with that. All right, let's get stuck into it then. Uh, test match week. There's something exciting about it. Queensland listeners, how excited are you that it's not actually in Brisbane, that it's actually going to be over there in the West, in Perth? Uh, Optus Stadium curator Isaac McDonald is set to push the limits of grass coverage in a quest to strike a better balance between bat and ball after accepting that the test pitch at the venue last summer didn't deteriorate as much as he would have hoped. (laughs) Hang on, it got to the fifth day, so that was... Well, let's just put it this way. It's better than... Last night down there at Geelong, we know that. So there's there's a tick. Uh, it was rated good by the ICC. So Australia beat the West Indies 164 runs, but they had to declare twice. No one could get a wicket. Uh, no Pat Cummins on that one. So that was that was a little strange. People scoring runs left, right, and centre. So the drop in pitch, yes, yes, we know. Uh, that's got. Here's my concern with the concerns of Head Curator McDonald. I'm just going to tinker with a few things, and I think that will probably, hopefully positively influence the game. Oh, What do we say about hope, Coach K? It ain't a system. Uh, I'll look to try and take a little bit more grass off the top. Dear me, dear me. Anyway, just shave it down a little bit. Hopefully it'll take a bit of turn, says Nathan Lyon, as he is welcome back into this. Here was the article that caught my attention in the Channel 9 newspapers. The Western World. It's Daniel Bredig writing about the impact that West Australians have on the West Australian test. If you don't get behind the test match over there, you're against them. Right. So they're looking at this. They didn't use the word conspiracy, but um, you join the dots on these ones. They have had to get Justin Langer out there 18 months after being sacked to say, hey, everyone in Western Australia, come and watch the test match. It'll be great. So they're expecting 25,000 uh, 25, people a day For the first three days. Good luck with that one. So Christina Matthews is the CEO over there, and she's talked about the fact that, hey, you need to be careful about the way you treat Western Australians if you want to get the best result from the West test. So that's what they want to call it. She said, Western Australian people love owning something. We love the, the West test. So you've got to look after people like Justin Langer. She said, I don't have a problem with him being relieved as coach of Australia. It's the manner in which it was done. And you know what, Christina? I totally agree with that. Think about all the people that came out in defense of Justin Langer. No one said Justin Langer should be the coach of this test side. What they all said was the way Justin Langer is treated is unacceptable. And I totally agree with that one. So that wasn't on Justin Langer. That was on Cricket Australia that time. So never in my life have I thought of Australia like the West Indies than I have at this point. Like we are six separate nations, maybe seven, if you want to include the Northern Territory, eight. Okay, I'll throw Cambrian as well. But we are literally eight nations coming together to form a cricket team. We are essentially the West Indies. Never have I thought that more than I do right at this point. And through that prism Think about that. If you want to get people in Western Australia to go and support the Australian cricket team, you have to put West Australians in it or coaching it. I've never thought so much that in my life than I do right now. And through that prism, listen to this. Andrew MacDonald, Victorian, said that next generation quick Lance Morris, West Australian, will need to cool his jets with Mitchell Stark, New South Welshman, brushing off injury concerns ahead of the summer here's coach mcdonald on selections
3: i think it'll be a pretty uh
2: how do i put this it'll look the same as what it has before there you go
3: yeah we're pretty clear on our selection philosophy and what underpins that so we're there to pick the best 11 uh, that we can at any given time and i think the world test championships put a premium on every test match Davey's playing the first test match and, and we'll go from
2: all right, so Davey's playing the first Test match, but you think about this, right? So think about that through that prism. So, of course, Mitch Stark and Pat Cummins and Josh Hazelwood are going to be the three fast bowlers for Australia. Of course, they're fit. They're going to do it. They've been that way for the last six, seven, eight years. When fit, they get picked. I mean, that's just the way it is. They're all from New South Wales. So that's not their fault. Anyway, Lance, Lance, what's happened? Lance put a few under notice there, in particular Marne. So it was a good contest, a good hit out. And all the quicks returned in good order. So Lance, really close, but we're not going to pick you. Sorry, Western Australia. Who will we will pick, Mitch Marsh. Hey, where's he from? Western Australia, first home test match in six years. Now everyone from Western Australia is going to buy a ticket to go to Optus Stadium. First test match on home soil since 2018. So can you believe it? He's had a career-defining last six months. He's captain Australia, had that great innings over there for the ashes so it's very much like usman kawaja 18 months earlier usman couldn't get a start in the side until travis head got COVID. got a start in sydney century and century and the rest is history he's still going around the 36 year old so the 32 year old mitch marsh he will be in the side and sell some tickets on that one what about this one mark war says who who possesses the technique and temperament to become the nation's next top opener, Cameron Green. Where's he from? He's a West Australian. How good's that? So we've had Marcus Harris, Cam Bancroft, and Matt Renshaw. So what have we got? Victorian, Western Australian, Queenslander. All making runs. Renshaw was the standout. We we followed it with great interest, didn't we, on Friday afternoon. Tell me you didn't after... Stop listening at 3 o'clock. Didn't just keep getting an update on Matt Renshaw and how many runs. 136 not. So he's put himself top of the pops. He's number one to come back in if they decide to go for an opener to replace an opener. But who does Mark War suggest should be? Cameron Green. He should be the next top opener. So Manus, oh, you don't have to move from number three. Mitch Marsh, oh, you don't have to open. We're going to put Cameron Green up there. To open. So we'll look to see how that all plays. Never have I thought that Australia is more like the West Indies than I do right now at this point. Australian cricket, wonderkind Annabelle Sutherland. I don't know how. I don't know how I got onto this, but I was watching the WPL auction. How good Sir Afgan was there. She's gone for 200 crore. How much is that? $364,000, Annabelle Sutherland. Is she a more valuable cricketer than her brother? Her brother's a star too, by the way. I should have asked their father who was on the program last week. I can't believe believe how that all transpired. We had James Sutherland on as CEO of Golf Australia. And last night I thought of an extra question that I had to ask him. Because on Friday night we called the BBL game. That was the Renegades up against the Sixers. The Sixers won. Steve Smith was player of the match, but... Will Sutherland was the best player on the field. He was amazing. And then General Manager of Cricket Austin got a photo with him after the game. Asked, excuse me, Mr. Sutherland, could I get a photo, please? I thought, right, good work, nice manners. And Will Sutherland said, Mr. Sutherland, I've never been called that before. And then I turn on the telly on Saturday night and Annabelle Sutherland, it was a Sutherland-a-thon for me. And I now the question I would like to ask James Sutherland, okay, there's one over left to win a... T20 game. You have the choice, batting or bowling, to pick your son or your daughter. Very Sophie's choice. Which one do you pick? Because they're both stars. Out and out stars. So she's going to get $364,000 for six weeks work. She's 22 years of age. How good's that? If I'm mum or dad, she's living at home, I'm charging rent. I mean, that's obvious. That's obvious at that point. Phoebe Litchfield's gone for $182,000. Lauren Cheadle for fifty-five. Sophie Molyneux fifty-five. Georgia Wareham for 70000 The whole auction thing. It's bizarre and macabre all rolled into one. I found it absolutely fascinating watching that one. Remember, don't worry, Ashgarden is already over there and I think she's getting paid about 600 So good luck to her on that one. Last night we saw a little bit of cricket, not too much. Uh, down there at GMHBA Stadium. Do you take another game there? Now that we've had these issues down there with the weather, let's have a listen to Michael Vaughan, audio courtesy of Fox Sports. I just
1: get frustrated with cricket. You know, cricket has this habit of of having these kind of scenarios. I mean, I'm pretty sure they knew it was going to rain all day yesterday. Can't you get extra covers in? I saw it at a test match in the UK at Old Trafford. I saw last year at Sydney, the SCG, that there wasn't enough covering. Too much time taken out of the game. And I think we always just say, oh, it's just unfortunate. But seriously, you can't get enough covers to cover a... an area of turf and get more covers in to make sure that today's game goes ahead I I just find sometimes in cricket we make too many excuses up for for what I should see that that should not happen
2: today. He is 12,000 percent right absolutely correct it is one of those quirks of cricket that sometimes rain interferes with play we see it all the time and when you pull the covers off at third grade down at Trumper Park and a little bit of water gets on the just to the west of the wicket that happens right but at the SCG at the MCG even at GMHBA Stadium with the broadcast going on with all the investment that's made in this get bigger covers Get the covers that you roll out there that catch the water so the water doesn't go anywhere near the wicket. I don't know. Just invest in those. How much is it? Who cares? Buy them. I reckon there's someone out at Cordor could build them for you. Put the wheels on and everything. It's crazy. Michael Vaughan is 100% correct with that. Anyway, we're going to talk about this. There's new rugby league tackle laws over there in the UK. We'll do it with Dan Walsh. The, the RFL's Brain and Health and Clinical Advisory Group have recommended that the new tackle height, which is below the armpits, be introduced into amateur football and then into professional football in the Super League in 2025. I would love to get your thoughts on this. This is a real conversation starter, this one. So Dan Walsh will have all the latest. Anthony Seibold quoted in this one, really well positioned to answer, uh, to talk about this because he's had time in rugby union and now obviously in rugby league with the Manly Seagulls. But I find that so interesting. And as I said, we'll talk about it more with Dan Walsh. We'll get to Eddie Jones. We'll get to Sua Far longer throughout the course of the afternoon. I wanted to get to Carl Olawapu because it leads us to our talk topic today and, And that is that now the 18-year-old has had uh, a bulging disc. We know that. I think there were multiple specialists who asked him, encouraged him to uh, retire from the game aged 18. He's now gone through and had surgery with a view to playing again at some stage next year. But the hypothetical that comes to you here is retire and have $1 million because that probably would be the payout from the Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs and have the rest of your life. This is a hypothetical. So we're getting all Jeffrey Robertson on you and hypothetical. And I don't know how it came about, but you can make your own judgments on this, people. So I was given a hypothetical by my two sons yesterday when we were driving home from the basketball. And that was, Dad, you can take $10 million now or you can take $1 million a year for the rest of your life. What would you do? And I said, well, that's easy because I'm a 52-year-old male and life expectancy is 78, so that's 26 years, so $26 million. So And by the way, you get a million straight up. Anyway, I don't know, Dad. You've got to live for a year before you get that first million. So what would you do? And I'm like, wow, good question. What would you do? So the hypotheticals, we want your hypotheticals for today. Make us make a decision because we would absolutely love that. 1-300-01-1170. The text line, 0457-736-736. $100 cash up for grabs, all thanks to Tristan and the team at Top Sport. The Who Am I is here, the Signet Boost Power Bank. That's up for grabs as well. So all the regulars are here. All right, let's get ourselves to a break. After the break, we're back. We're talking Tackle Height with Dan Walsh from the Sydney Morning Herald. Stick around. Welcome back to the program 0457 736 736 keep those text messages coming in really interesting development in the game of professional rugby league or indeed at amateur level overnight in the UK it's been met with a torrent of criticism it is going to have implications for the game here in Australia I don't think there's any doubt about that under the headline NRL urged to monitor England tackle changes Dan Walsh from Channel 9 Newspapers, has explored this in greater detail. I'm happy to say that Dan is on the line. G'day, Dan.
1: G'day, Jimmy. Thanks
2: for having me. Absolute pleasure, mate. So give us an overview. Uh, We spoke about it just now, but give us an overview of what the RFL have done and what they intend to do from a professional point of view for 2025.
1: Yeah, so you're right off the top there. Very interesting stuff. Uh, And from... So basically, they've had three years of research, they've partnered with the university out of Leeds, looking at concussion and incidences of concussion, reducing risk, and they've had, I think it was 44 changes recommended to them in in the end, so plenty of things going on, but the main ones for English Rugby League, which obviously has, you know, it could well flow on elsewhere throughout the world, Uh, the idea is that Next year, 2024, in amateur level footy, the legal contact for a tackle will be lowered from will be lowered to below the armpit. So at the moment, uh, yep, yeah, it's allowed at shoulder height, which means yep. anything below the neck, absolutely fine. And then, so next year at community and age grade levels, and that'll include reserve grade. Uh, that drops down to below the shoulder in line with what yeah, the armpit rule is what they're calling it. And then this isn't absolutely set in stone. It's a recommendation. But the, the the research recommendation that's been taken to the English Rugby League authorities is that this comes in at Super League from 2025, which, as we know, is
2: the second biggest professional competition in the world. Yeah. So the interesting part about this is look, I totally understand making the game safer for the kids to play, for those people at an amateur level. So the first question that comes with that, in your mind, Dan, based on the receipt uh, research that we've seen and and based, based on other competitions, right, we've had the RFU and Rugby Australia and all the other uh, rugby unions make changes to their laws on this. Do you believe, does the research show, that making the tackle point lower creates less concussions?
1: It's a really interesting question, Jimmy. Uh, and speaking to people yesterday, coaches, uh, administrators around the game and some researchers as well, uh, the jury seems a little bit still out on exactly how that works. Anecdotally, we've got coaches like Anthony Siebold and Jason Demetrio arguing that. And we can see it ourselves when uh, – yeah. When we see tacklers uh going lower, if the technique's not right, they're putting they're putting themselves at risk of uh a head being hit by a hip or a knee. And we've all seen examples of that. Yep. So there is some research to say that yes, uh up, upright tackles that are more encouraged by the higher tackle point, that there is more uh I guess more incidences of concussion. But anecdotally and I guess the argument's being pushed, put forward by coaches and people on the front line, is if you lower this, the tackle height, without without improving people's techniques, you can open up the other side of things where tacklers are really putting their heads in places that, as we know, the word, the, the old saying, putting your head where it shouldn't be. Yeah, and that's what people speaking to people yesterday around the game. That the argument that was put forward was this is an interesting thing and we need to, it's certainly worth looking at, but it was the preference was really to look at improving and encouraging uh, tackling schools were were suggested. And that is one of the, uh, one of the recommendations over in the UK as well, actually with when someone gets charged for a poor tackle, they'll they'll actually get sent off to tackling school as well and be encouraged to improve their technique, which can't hurt, right? Uh, It is the game that, uh, Jason Demetrio has been especially strong on.
2: Yeah, I can't help but think that the headmaster of tackling school is Trevor <laughs> Gilmeister. But anyway, that's just that's just in my mind. Um, so the other part about it is this. So we, we see what happens uh, and we will see over the next 12 months what happens at an amateur level. And then the next step is taking it into the professional level. Here's the other one I'll throw at you, Dan. The professional level is highly trained Professionals, as the name suggests, they do a lot more tackling and a lot more running and a lot more contact than anyone else from an amateur league down. So they are better placed, you would think, to be able to handle this. And part of the attraction of the professional game is the element of risk associated. We've got all these other protocols around concussion. Do you think this could be potentially an overreach based on the response that you're going to get from died in the wall rugby league fans?
1: Uh, again, it's a great point, and it was one that was reinforced, uh, Anthony Siebold especially, uh, and he's in a unique position because he obviously had his position on Eddie Jones' staff, and yep. so he, the changes come through in rugby uh, while he was in the UK, and he he pointed to that and said that was an absolute overreach because they went as far as they had a belly button rule, and it was you had to tackle around the waist. And he said what he saw there was that absolute overreach, and it took away from the fabric of the game. So his bit is what he stressed was, you've got to look, you've got to consider everything, and you've got to take on board the safety elements of it, absolutely. But you can't take away from the fabric of the game, and so that was kind of the. And to me, this is what needs to be kept in mind the whole way through these sort of changes. Absolutely keep an eye on it. And rugby is a great point because we're seeing that being brought in from February next year. They'll be trialling. I think they're using the sternum is their rule. And so trialling that at all levels below super rugby in Australia. And that falls into line with competitions in New Zealand, South Africa, Ireland, all around the professional rugby world. But, yeah, it is absolutely uh, a consideration that, yeah,
2: you can't take away from what makes rugby league great. Here's the other point that I'll, I'll i'll hit you with dan so one of the issues that we have at the moment is the gray that that where it's up to the the referees to make their own decisions on this guided by the law books obviously but there is that that area of gray and i look, looked at the explanatory video that we had last night from the rfl and i'm looking at a couple of the tackles that they deemed illegal and was in the women's game and they said i I looked at the contact point, which was arms. The arms then were lifted. So the contact point then looked above the armpit and they said, that's an illegal tackle. And I looked at that and thought, oh no, I feel for the officials in this one. That's another concern coming out of it as well, Dan.
1: Absolutely. Uh, Anyone who is able to watch the, and I encourage your listeners to go and track down the video on, we've got on the Sydney Morning Morning Herald website. It's on the RFL website. Uh, To me, clear as mud. But the consideration yeah. at amateur level is who your referees are at that point as well, because you have a lot of, you know, it is where young referees cut their teeth. It's where yeah. they come through. So it's it's one of the things that really needs to be considered in terms of how you're going to enforce these laws. And yeah, basically, for from a referees' perspective, um, there is a little there is a bit of a sense of geez, good luck sometimes.
2: Yeah. And I think that needs to be important too, the, the the recognition between the difference between the game at the elite level and the pathways to the elite level and then the game at the amateur level and making that as, as safe for people as possible. Really interesting article, Dan. We're in an interesting space as well. Appreciate your time today, mate. Thank you very much. As you say, if you want to have a look at that video, check it out, smh.com.au. Thanks very much,
1: Jimmy. Good on you.
2: Thank you Amy, welcome back to the program. Keep those text messages coming in 0457 736 736. Love to get your thoughts on what we just discussed with Dan Walsh, this this criteria, the 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 point of contact etc. Gavin from Penrith. The problem with the new RFL tackle laws is like all rugby league laws, they are too black and white. You should still be able to make contact around the shoulder area, but the level of force should be factored in. Well, here's another element to come in, Gav. Someone grabbing you on the shoulder to pull you down is a lot different to shooting out of the line and whacking someone in the shoulder area and losing control of what happens next. As a junior rugby league referee, I ask myself, is the defender defending or attacking, says Gavin from Penrith. Now, that's a really good point. And you as a a referee at junior level, um, it's great that you are uh, thinking in that fashion. So here's the problem with that, Gav. Is every other referee thinking that same way? Like, the way you're thinking, I think, is fine. But does that then communicate it? Like, does everyone think that way? Because otherwise, we're going to have inconsistency. So um, there's the problem associated with that one. But it's a very good point that you make. Dale Finucane, remember he came out of the line and tried to whack someone at the Penrith Panthers, not last year, the year before, suspended for an amount of time. That didn't seem right. But if, if you say as a defender he was attacking, then that helps you make the decision. But is that a consistent decision? So lots to think about through that one 1170 right, let's get to this.
4: Time for a sports update with Coach K.
0: Yo!
2: Yo! Okay, so disturbing images coming through on my TikTok account <laughs> over the course of the weekend.
0: Can you excuse me for the fact that it was what
2: forty something degrees? Forty something. Time? Yes, 40, 41 out at Cordor on Saturday. Right.
0: So you're telling me you weren't in your so called budgies either.
2: Here's the here's the great benefit of that. Yes. That the kids' cricket went ahead.
0: It did. Yes, go it ahead did. In the so edge. well
2: done, well done, officials, and getting it, and they survived. They survived. They were fine. Uh, but anyone, anyway, if if anyone would like to check out a review of a <laughs> swimming pool. In the backyard at Bondi, and when I say a swimming pool, it was basically a plastic shell mm. that you got into, but you were there just in the, the sluggos. Yeah.
0: Well, mind you, the water was so hot anyway, I'm kind of regretting the fact that I did go into that pool in the first place. Right. Ball. Now, yeah. third
2: degree burns out of the pool. <laughs> this exactly. Is, this is, can't you I, tell? No. haven't looked closely at I your legs today, right. but thank you for uh, offering those up. Uh, yeah. Now... Uh, your hypothetical. What's your hypothetical?
0: Yeah, Jimmy, I like this one. This is a good one. Now, <clears throat> would you be willing to have your left fing- middle finger surgically removed if mm-hmm. it meant you'd never get sick again? So your left middle finger, middle finger so not your ring finger, yep.
2: your left middle finger removed. Yes. Yeah.
0: If it meant you'd never get sick again. Absolutely. Take it off. you got no grip then. What well, are you going to hold? How are you going to hold, grip with, gonna hold? Grip with the left? How are you going to hold things? Hold oh, what? Think about it closely. You answer that too quick, quickly for no, a hypothetical. No, no, no. Get rid of it. Wow. I'd
2: hate to get all Graham Mackay in a State of Origin game. You know Graham Mackay, though, having trouble putting his finger back in. He dislocated in a State of Origin game. He said, cut it off.
0: No. Yeah.
2: Big winger. You are joking. Graham Mackay. Yeah, that's what he said. Cut it off. Not I'll go back it. out there. Angus Crichton's missing a finger, isn't he? Correct. He, he kept dislocating it. So yeah. you know what he said? Cut it off. Mm. Mate, and you'd never get sick again. Ever sick so possibly you could never
0: die. Right. How, what would you die of if you could never get sick? Okay, your frustrations for losing a finger will forever in a day be there, though. No chance. Okay. Zero chance. Wow, all right. All right, listeners. That's, That's an awesome. easy one. Oh, no, it's not. Thumbs up if you're getting rid of the left middle
2: finger. Thumbs down mm. if you're keeping it and getting sick <coughs> for the rest of your
0: life. Done. We're only here from listeners. Okay. Jimmy, we've got to go to New Zealand, but we'll go. (laughs) We'll touch into scores in the next hour.
2: Yeah, well done. All right, break and then back with more.
5: There he is. There he is. Staffy. There he is. Hey, brother. How are you, bro? Oh, look, another great test win for the Black Caps. Um, (laughs) You're always always reminding me how good our cricket team is and our women's cricket team beat Pakistan. It's a great weekend to be a Kiwi.
2: Yeah, I love how wobbly they got chasing 130. That's fantastic.
5: Tim Southey, 35th birthday today. Happy birthday, Tim. He said it's the worst test pitch he's ever played on.
2: <laughs> well, at least he played. <laughs> yeah. we, we had pitches over here he didn't play on for all sorts I of different that. reasons. That uh, was
5: horrific.
2: Dangerous. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's funny how – so James Battle – is our technical expert here at SEN in Sydney, right? And and he's as, as good as it gets, right? So mm-hmm. he just wandered in. He can fix computers and all sorts of things. He, he just wandered in and said, why didn't they just bowl from one end? And I'm like, what <laughs> Too here. Yeah, well, Too but, logical. But seriously, it was at one end, right, was the issue. I know Nick Maddison came out and said, this, this is totally drenched this pitch. But I've done that in, in um, over 35 games, right? We worked out... We run too much during change of overs, right? So you just bowl 15 overs from one end and then turn around and bowl 15 overs from the other end. And you get through the game really quickly. What For the sake of the broadcast, do the broadcasters care that you're all bowling from one end?
5: No. Couldn't care less? No, I think they all look the same because they've got behind the bowler, they've got the behind the bowler uh, cameras at both ends. So it looks exactly Correct. the same to the people at home. Exactly right. So who cares? mm
2: there's a solution. I wonder if that solution. was considered. I wonder if that was considered last night. Mm.
5: Mm. Hey, Jimmy, mm. um, the Australian women's sevens team have picked up two wins from two tournaments this year. I'm wondering, yeah. does that make the news over there? They are incredible. They are so good.
2: Okay, so it just flashed up on, we were out here preparing for the show. I oh, know it doesn't sound like it, but we do it on occasion. But uh, <laughs> so... They, they went up there, Charlotte Caslick being interviewed, and you go, this is one of the best Australian sporting teams. Um, it mm-hmm. was on Fox Sports News, so they broadcast the the Rugby Sevens around the globe. And I'm looking at that and we're saying, well, they're clearly going to be ranked number one in the world for the Olympics. And yep. and there's a lot of the um, women there that have stuck around, Charlotte Caslick being one of them. She'll be going to her third Olympics. right? And you look at it and you go, Yep. Well world class side, literally world class side. Beyond Charlotte, every single one of them could walk down the street and be unrecognized.
6: Yeah,
5: that would, that was sort of what I thought. Like our our Fern Sevens girls, uh they couldn't walk down the street and get not get recognised, if you know what I mean. And I'm, I'm just, I'm just uh, alluding your listeners. You have a fantastic team that play an incredible brand of entertaining sevens rugby. They were simply outstanding. Um,
2: you know, um, well, I talked about Charlotte Caslick. We had Dom de Toy who um, the, the high-performance guys at, at the women's uh, rugby uh, for the Sevens is a guy named Tommy Carter, who you would know from Super Rugby. Um, I yep. think he was the most hated guy in Super Rugby. He certainly was the most hated guy in club rugby in Sydney, <laughs> in the shoot shield. He just used to get under everyone's skin, teammate included. <laughs> but um, via my connection with him, Don DeToy came in, and she did about a week's... Um, work experience here during the course of Christmas. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, a delight, a, an elite athlete, and then it gives you a, a greater understanding and a greater appreciation of of how good these girls are. Madison Levi, have you seen her?
5: Scary good. Oh
7: my <laughs> oh,
2: gosh. Like six foot five or whatever she is, could have been an or did play AFL, then went. Oh yeah, I think I'll give a go on the wing and just scores tries for fun.
5: Yeah, no, they uh They are uh, just. Just brilliant. Just brilliant. We actually yeah. had on our show today uh, Mele Kerr and she captained the New Zealand cricket team against Pakistan on Saturday in Queenstown. She's, I think she's about 22. Um, took three for 11 off her four overs. Got 35 off 31 with the bat. Big call, big early call. I think at the end of the career, she will be recognised as, well, definitely New Zealand's best-ever cricketer and nudging the best-ever cricketer in the world, ever.
2: Sophie Sophie Devine. Goes past Sophie Devine? Yeah. Is, is Sophie Devine New Zealand's greatest women's cricketer?
5: <sighs> um, Debbie Hockley probably is. Um, she's a few years ago now. I think she's sort of um, recognised as the GOAT. But we've got Sophie Devine and Susie Bates both in their mid-30s. Susie Bates has scored more ODI international runs than any other man, woman, or child in history. Did you know that? How, really? Mm-hmm. More than Sashin Tendulka?
2: Yep. Who played, I think he played 400 ODIs, didn't he, Sashin? No, he played 200 yep. Test matches.
5: I didn't look up the stats to verify it, but I heard it from two separate sources over the weekend. The most oh, ODI runs. Oh, oh, or, or here maybe, we go. maybe it was T20. It might have been T20, but it was um, one of the forms.
2: Are you down the pub, say, late Saturday... And someone no, I'm says, looking.
5: I'm, I'm looking out the window at the pub, which is going to get my uh, customer in about ten minutes. <laughs>
2: yes. <laughs> yeah. Um yep. ten New Zealand once. Okay. Yep. Sneaky beers on a Monday, Steffi.
5: Well, look, it's it's the run into Christmas. I call it training for Christmas. Right. Uh, good point. I, I'm not a big drinker. I need a little few rehearsals.
2: Okay. Hey, we're doing hypotheticals here today. So the hypothetical Coach K gave to me and I answered immediately was you can lose your middle finger on your left hand and be healthy for the remainder of your life, that is never get sick, or you keep it and then suffer the slings and arrows, uh, re-health. What do you do?
5: Goodbye, Digit.
2: Oh, 100%. I I answered in the same amount of time that you took. Just get rid of it.
5: Yeah, get rid of, I've had my health scares over my life, and they aren't fun. I would, if, if the diagnoses I've had over my lifetime, and thank goodness I've still got a life. If they had have said, "Mate, we can get rid of that if we take your finger off," I'd hold my hand out. Exactly. Yeah.
2: You know, um, Graham. Uh, you don't know Graham Mackay who played for the New South Wales in the mid nineteen nineties. desiccated his finger really badly in a state of origin. Illawarra
5: game. played for Illawarra.
2: No, you're thinking no? of Brad Mackay.
5: Oh, I'm thinking of Brad Mackay with a beautiful yeah. curly perm, yeah.
2: Magnificent hair, actually, yeah. Now, Graham mm. Mackay, big winger, like first of the really big wingers. Would have been 115, 118 kilos. Um, yep. playing, playing for New South Wales, they, they were struggling to put it back in. He said, cut it off. <laughs> the doctor said, what? He said, cut it off. I've got to get back out there. Cut it off. But in the end, I think they strapped it together, and, and so he went back out there and played. But he said, yeah, it, cut it off.
5: Isn't there's an, there's an All Black did that? Couldn't go on tour. Or it was a cricketer or an all-black famously, and they said, you can't go into your fingers bung. He did cut it off and went and it. I'll find out well, who that was.
2: Angus Crichton had his career threatened, and he kept dislocating the same finger, and he just said, well, cut it off. And so he has. <laughs> t- t-
5: tougher hombres than you and me, Jimmy. <laughs> heavy, <laughs> anaesthetic. Heavy, yeah.
2: heavy anaesthetic. Heavy, uh, heavy anaesthetic. Eddie Jones, quickly, mate. Eddie
5: Jones. Plonker. Oh, but it'll make good fodder for us. By crikey, it'll make good fodder.
2: Go, Ed. Go, Ed. Uh, go, Ed. Good on you. You enjoy those couple of beers this afternoon.
5: Absolutely. James, chat Friday. Uh,
2: Mark Stafford there from SENZ. He's a good man. He's losing the digit as well. All right, let's go to the break. After that, we're back to wrap up this hour. Welcome back to the program. Well, we're in the studios at the moment. I know it's a, it's a, I think it's a welcome respite for everyone in my family. But anyway, uh, welcome back to the afternoons. And we're doing it all thanks to SBS Fence. Remember, portable toilet and temporary fence. In Sydney. Check out. The team at sbsfence.com. Welcome back to, to the program, Jordan the Buckingham. So we're going by our guest in the next hour, so we do SCN look forward 11, to that. It's not Nathan it's not Remember, it's not Remember download words. that SEN app on, on so your smartphone. You I tell you what, though, he did impress plenty of time. If there's something you might have missed, you want to 11. And just joining the Brisbane Heat, so we'll have a chat with him um, very shortly we'll also keep those text messages coming in 0 10 nil cowboys over the eagles having text messages coming in 0 736, uh, 736, seven, uh, Jimmy. I you well. love the show every day. Today, my older uh, brother from got a bite from a redback um, spider cut on his left middle finger. The toxin ate at his um, flesh. He had the finger about. removed He's uh, is much happier after losing that pain. Here's a real road, life example. Driving skills. Coach Cake and he's back at work. He said he is great and happy to be alive, not a back at work. 100%. Stormy Daniel and Corey said, good on you, Corey. the am listening by the SEN app. No doubt, my hypotheticals scenario is Manly contact making the top eight next season for or not. So that's sort of it, Damien, but playing. We the We now wolf. live in the age of <laughs> yes, By the way, Damien said, defeat. take, so take just the 10 million. Take 10 million. Um, the Wolf the has a hypothetical for us. Play <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that after the news. Stick around. Telling rugby league coaches that they can't select a player because they had a concussion last week is one thing. Telling a rugby league coach that they can't select a player because they might get a concussion next week, that is a separate thing altogether. We now uh, we know more now than we ever have about repeated head knocks and their links to CTE. The challenge for administrators is, how do they bring about such change whilst not compromising the fabric and the aesthetic look of rugby league? So you've posed the question. I want the answer. Stormy Daniel from Prairiewood, how do you do that? I would be loath to change that because that is one of the attractions. So I've always talked about one of the things that attracts us to a sport is a known thing. We know how to throw that pass and we we recognize how challenging it is and then we look at the great skills of the people who do it like your Nathan Cleary's and your Jonathan Thurston's and your Andrew Johns and we admire that because we recognize how difficult it is to do. And then we look at the things and say well we could never do that. You know, put your head in a dangerous position. Show great courage with injury throughout the course of a game. That's the thing that we can't do. And that's a big attraction to the game as well. So it's it's not straightforward. The aesthetic of the game. It's an interesting way to describe it. Good on you, Stormy Daniel. Hi, Jimmy. Steve from Arachnabil. Hypothetically, if PVL says he wants a true national comp that is decentralized with 18 teams, Who goes where? How about the Western Tigers, the Southern Rabbits, the Northern Cowboys picking up the Northern Territory, the Tassie Eels, and the 18th team being the South Island Bears in New Zealand? Oh, that's not going to happen, Steve. No one's putting their hand up to go, and I would be very surprised if the league said you had to go. Uh, So, yeah. I, I mean, a lot of people say, oh, the Perth Tigers, that's got a ring to it. They are a growth story, the type. When? If they get it right. Let's, let's say when. When they get it right, they're an incredible growth story, I would suggest, um, are the West Tigers. Before we go to Pedro the Rooster on the open line and then we go to Jordan Buckingham from the Brisbane Heat, here's the hypothetical as proposed by the Wolf.
5: <laughs>
2: oh dear. It's the year 2525 and you are selected to be a contestant in the new reality TV show based on Arnold Schwarzenegger's role in the running game. You can choose an ex rugby League player to be your substitute. If they can survive being hunted for 24 hours, your life will be spared. Your choices are Chris Leichvold, Marty Bella, Jake Travojevich, and Jimmy Smith. (laughs) Who would you choose and why? That's the wolf. Woo-hoo. Wow. Okay. I hope there's no raptors out there (laughs) chasing um, Wolf can you tell me who you would choose and why that that would be interesting but so there you Crick Seifal Marty Bella Jake Travojevich myself I'll tell you what if you throw yourself in there Wolf as a fifth option I'm choosing any one of the four except you so there you go 1300 01 1170 that is the open line number let's go there now Pedro the rooster is on the line hello Pedro
4: good afternoon Jimmy mate on this um, hypothetical, it's a no-brainer for me, though. I had a caveat I was telling uh, Coach K about, which was, um, will I still be able to uh, swing a club, Doc? Because, you know, I need to be able to play golf. But
7: right. thinking
4: about it, I'm ordinary anyway. So I don't know, <laughs> I don't know if it's going to make a difference. But but fair can just whip it off, Jimmy, because I had long COVID a couple of uh, years back. And uh, I've been cooking my life, like a lot of people. You can have that. You can have my middle finger, Jim. You can, yeah. have a, you can have a couple of them, if you like, if I'm not going to get cook.
2: <laughs> mate, I, I'm with you 100%. Yeah, that's right. You want to take my left, that's fine. If you're thinking about my right, you can have that as well if you keep me healthy for the rest of my life. So, mate, just before we let you go, Pedro, long COVID, expi- explain that one to us.
4: Mate, I, after 2019... Uh, early 2020, I, um, I picked up COVID and it just wouldn't go away. And every day, I felt like I'd been on the drink the day before. I had nausea. I had a headache. And it took about three, over three months for me to get over it. And I've not had a drink since Christmas Day 2019 because I'm, I, the thought of having a hangover terrifies me.
7: So hey, I, wow.
4: I've been on the, off the drink for almost two years. Yeah, Uh, that's how much it knocked me about, actually. Uh,
2: Mate, well, great to hear from you. Thank you, Pedro. Uh, So, yeah, we're doing hypotheticals. But uh, there's someone who's saying, you know what, the the club swing, the golf swing, I'm prepared to give that up. (laughs) Not very good at it. Just to be healthy. I think anyone who's been ill for an extended period at any time would say the same. So... Uh, good on you, Pedro. Thanks for that. One three hundred oh one eleven seventy. The text line zero four five seven seven three six seven three six. Up next, Mitch Swepson from the Brisbane Heat. And, uh, g'day, Mitch. Hey mate, how are you? Yeah, really well. Appreciate your patience on on waiting through that, Mitch. So uh, thank you no, for that. Uh, now you've done a lot of waiting over the course of the last uh, couple of days. Um, very disappointing over there in Adelaide, but I guess that's just one of those things, right?
8: Yeah, it is part of uh part of the game and um unfortunately this time of the year there's always some rain around so um yeah, it would have been would have been nice to get out there on Adelaide over. It's one of those grounds you love playing at, um when you get to travel to Adelaide, so it's a bit unfortunate we didn't get out there, but um yeah, as you said, it's part of the game.
2: Yeah, so we had the situation last night. I don't know whether you're across it, Mitch, but six point five overs bold and then match abandoned because There's a bit of rain got under the covers. There's a lot of people offering suggestions and solutions today. Michael Vaughan was offering one last night as well on the Fox coverage. Do you get a little bit frustrated uh, as a cricket, and I'm sure you guys just want to play as much as you can, that um, there are the, the, the weather conditions that keep you off at times when, you know, better protection and better management might be able to see you play some game time?
8: Oh yeah, hundred percent. You always you you always want to be playing, um, and and like you said, as players, we we want to play as much cricket as possible. So um, it's it's always unfortunate when games are, um, uh, I guess, are abandoned or called off. the you know when when it could have been avoided. Um, in in the same breath, I'm I'm not a groundsman's backside, so I, I wouldn't have a clue <laughs> of how to how to manage with with those things. And I, I, I guess um, natural events can happen. And um, they're, they're, I'm sure they're doing the best job they can to to get us facilities that are safe and and good good to play cricket on. So it's one of those difficult ones and unfortunate ones that, that last night it just um, the weather got the better of the wicket and um, yeah it was clearly unsafe to play.
2: Okay, so I want to go back to game one. You guys are having a busy start or supposed busy start. You're in action again tomorrow, but game one of BBL 13 taking on the Melbourne Stars and you guys were superb and. Uh, really great bowling performance from yourself, Mitch. Hey, give us an understanding of the confidence that lives within this heat squad for BBL thirteen.
8: Yeah, I, well, I think uh, as you mentioned uh, the other night, we had a, we had a really good start, um, and and starting this tournament well with with only being ten games is is a big part. I think um, it's gonna it's gonna help a lot. The teams that can really start well, going to set them up for for the back end. So. The way we started the other night was pretty much a perfect game. And um, as you mentioned, there's a few guys that that performed really well in that game. And and, um, there's such a confidence game, this T20 format of cricket. So they'll take a lot of confidence out of that. Um, Guys like Colin Munro, you know, deserved 100 that game. Fell just short, but um, the way he was hitting the ball, um, I'm really excited for what he's going to bring for the next few games. Um, And our bowling unit just really glued together really well. Um, a lot of good performances out there with the ball as well. So as a bowler, it's again, it's such a confidence game, this T20 format. So it's, it's really positive signs, I guess, for us to start the year that way. Um, and hopefully we can carry it on.
2: Court kurneman Old Swepson, I'm talking about Maxwell, 23 off 14. There was a hint that, oh, Maxie's going to go big again. He's done some extraordinary things in short form cricket and we all saw, if not live, then the highlights of the 201 in the ICC Cricket World Cup. What's going through your mind when you're top of the mark and and bowling to Maxie in full flight?
8: Uh, If I'm honest, what's going through my mind is how can I get him down the other end? Uh, (laughs) That's my first thought. Yeah. So, yeah, it's... uh, uh, one of those ones where he, when, when he's on, he's he, he's probably one of the hardest, if not the hardest, in the world to stop. So um, you can call it luck the other night, um, good planning, uh, but basically it was it was pretty it was pretty lucky that we got him out when we did because once he gets going, he's so hard to stop, uh, particularly against spin bowling. Um, he's he's a nightmare to bowl to. There's pretty much nowhere you can bowl once he gets going. So uh, very lucky to have gotten him out early when we did, um, and it made a big dent, I guess, in in winning us that game.
2: I love the raw, Mitch, when you got him. Uh, there was the emotion coming out. So you can't tell me the luck involved in that. That sounds like there was planning involved as well and execution of plans, right?
8: Oh, yeah, 100%. As I mentioned, there's a lot of planning that goes into to guys like that um, because if you can get them early, it makes a big dent in the game. Um, so, yeah, it, it was a plan that came off. Um, and that, that emotion that came out was obviously just a, a plan that came off well and... Um, yeah, you get that release. or It was almost like a sigh of relief that we don't have to bowl to him against the rest of this game. So, um, yeah, yeah, there was a, a bit of carry on there, I guess.
2: Uh, I love the fact that you guys were able to come out and be really positive, even though in the lead-up to this game, it was disappointing that four of your best players and, you know, a great opportunity for them to go and play in the PM's 11 and um, show their skills at that longer form cricket. But it meant that they missed the start of a really important BBL. How was Coach Wade Seckham able to put that out of your mind and make sure you're concentrating on the game at hand?
8: Yeah, I mean, we're we're very lucky with this group that we've got I think we've got some really good depth um and you know it was great to see some of those guys get an opportunity um at the PM's 11 game um, and to see them do well as well you know Brennan's scoring a 100 Jordan Buckingham who's now on our list he's, he took five wickets on a on a docile wicket um and then you know Nathan McSweeney uh he's a, he's a serious player and he's you know in some serious form at the moment so there's some guys there that, that and then Jimmy Pearson as well. So, you know, we had, we had four really important players playing in that game. But the depth of this squad at the moment um, is so good. Uh, you know, we had a guy like Josh Brown who who couldn't make the 11 in that first game. Uh, he's a really exciting prospect that's just waiting in the wings to come out and, and blast some sixes. So, you know, there's the, the depth of this squad's really good. And we're, we're going to have to lean on that for this whole tournament uh, if we want to go all the way.
2: Funny you make mention of Josh Brown, because I was having a look at the score sheet coming out of the last game of last uh, BBL for you guys, and Josh Brown uh, Brown was the name that jumped out. He was an incredible story, uh, scoring uh, nearly two a ball, and he was his own bat maker. Didn't have a bat sponsor, but it, like, so he is close to selection. Because I was going to ask, where is Josh Brown?
8: Yeah, I mean, you know, we had the luxury of, of Usman Khawaja and Marvis Labuschagne being available last game, so that obviously made selection squeezes tough. Um, again, a good problem to have when you've got guys of that quality uh, in your lineup, So, you know, them not being around this game will we'll obviously open up opportunities for guys. And I'm, I'm sure Brandy could potentially be one of those spots. So, um, you know, we'll obviously have to wait and see tomorrow night. Uh, I'm not part of the selection meeting, so uh, we'll have to wait and see what <laughs> they come up with the 11. But uh, as I said, he's just an exciting prospect. He's, he's smacking the ball at the moment, um, you know, has been for a long time. And uh, we saw a taste of what he could do last year. And hopefully this year, he he um, can continue to do that.
2: Mitch, there was furious debate last Friday on Talkback Radio about whether Max Bryant did the right thing in that game. Colin Munro, or for want of a better term, he's stranded on 99, not out, and it was all Max Bryant in that last over, but he did the right thing, right? He's scoring 15 off seven. What was the thought for you as you're sitting there in the dugout and the rest of the team chat?
8: Yeah, I, I look, all of us wanted Cole to get to that, that three figures, and he deserved it. There's, there's no doubt about that, the way he batted. Um, in, in saying that, Max's role, he played it perfectly. He did exactly what his job was to do, which was to go out there at the end at the death, and try and hit boundaries from basically ball one, and he, and he was able to do that. And I guarantee you, Colin was at the other end saying, don't you dare try and get a single and get me on strike. I want you to try and hit the ball out of the park and... Colin's that team guy and um he would have been telling Maxi that um from the get go so um there's no issues there with with Maxi <laughs> um that's for sure we're not <laughs> we're not um hanging it on him for for that we he went out there he did his job and the the win was more important than than the milestone as much as we would have loved Cole to get there and yeah it was it was the w that um we were after and and uh, Maxi helped us get there
0: you got the
2: game tomorrow uh Monica Oval is the venue taking on the Sydney Thunder when you look at the thunder lineup what what do you see Mitch? Where do you see the threats
8: yeah no, um, uh, the thunder are a, a very dangerous team um they've got a lot of um a, a lot of experience and they've got a lot of guys that are um you know uh, multifaceted so, you know, I look at a guy like Daniel Sams who who can open the bowling for him bowl through the middle and he also smacks them with the bat. Um, yeah, another guy, Nathan McAndrew, similar bowls bowls a great great bowler and, and can also slap the bat. So they've got um, good depth there and guys that can do both facets. Um, a young spinner in Tanvir who's just come back from India. He's obviously flying at the moment, playing international cricket. Um, and then you know a guy like Alex Hales opening the batting. There's there's, there's strike pair all over the park. So they're they're a really good team, a really um, threatening team and. Um, we'll look to negate that hopefully and, and use the confidence we drew from our first game and, and try and negate all that uh, strike power that they've got across uh, across the paddock
2: I know we're locked into BBL now but we've had some first class games in the Sheffield Shield for you leading up to this uh, form's been good taking plenty of wickets including a, a five for against Victoria how, how do you feel when it starts you know the talk you've played test cricket um, obviously uh, goal to get back there. Do you feel like you're you're bowling at the level that is going to make that an, a, a possibility?
8: Oh, look, that's the goal, mate. That's um that's always the goal is to be to be bowling at a level good enough to be um put in that conversation. And um that's that's always been, you know, what I'm striving for is to play cricket at the highest level. And um certainly lucky that I've been able to taste test cricket. Um, but yeah, it's it's certainly a goal of mine to get back there. And um it's been a, it's been a good Good start to the year, personally, I guess, with the ball, but um, not as a team. We sort sort of haven't got the results we wanted, um, and for me, that's that's always what um, I'm striving for: is to just contribute to winning games for my team that I'm playing in um, on any current day. So it's been a bit unfortunate we haven't had the results go our way, but uh, yeah, certainly a goal of mine is to get back in into that Australian setup, and um, I'll I'll be continuing to try and do that um, over, over the back end of the season as well.
2: Uh, away from cricket what do we find you doing mitch i know there's a, a new family member but how do you spend your time yeah. when you've got a bit of downtime
8: yeah I, i'm almost 100% um all in on the dad life at the moment mate i got a little 9 months old um so that's been um a big life lifestyle change for me and to be honest i'm I'm absolutely loving it um, yeah. he's uh he's been pretty kind to to me and my partner he's um he's sleeping well and eating well and hasn't given us too much grief um, in these first nine months of living. So, um, yeah, it's been it's been a really enjoyable experience. And just being able to be home and w- with him and um, and my partner, Jess, it's been, um, yeah, sort of nice to just spend time chilling out with him. So that, that's pretty much been 100% of my off-the-field stuff has been put into to dad life, mate, to be honest. Uh, it's an amazing
2: time in your life. Enjoy it. I know you will, Mitch. Um, uh, congratulations on your form across this summer and certainly in the first... BBL game. We wish you all the very best for the game tomorrow against the Thunder. Thank
8: you, mate. I appreciate that. Thank you very much.
2: Uh, Mitch Swepson there, of course, uh, plays for the Bulls, plays for the Heat. He is, he bowled seriously well in that first game. That big wicket, you know, to hear the roar come and to see the roar come out of his mouth, you know, that's a a lot of work, a lot of effort Um, As he says, lots of planning goes in when you're bowling to someone like Glenn Maxwell. 0457 736 736. Keep the text messages coming in. FMJ of Terry Hills. I was watching the 1983 grand final over the weekend. 40 years later, they would have called that game off due to the brutality. So 83 grand final, that's Manly versus Parramatta. So I agree we are in a much better place. But I agree that we need refs and TV officials to understand what a mistake versus intent is, e.g. when a player is falling and is close to the ground but cops a lazy arm across the face. That's a really good point, FMJ, from Terry Hill. Does that come into consideration? It doesn't seem to. doesn't seem to, really, does it? Uh, G'day, Jimmy and Coach K. Personally, I'd love Jordan Buckingham playing at Perth, although I realise that's not going to happen, but at least I'd like to see him get the 12th man to get a feel of being around our test playing group. Well, I know we had... We were going to get Matt Renshaw, and then we were going to get Michael Neisser, and then we were going to get Nathan McSweeney, and then we were going to get Jordan Buckingham. But we got Mitch Sweeps and don't worry, that was not a consolation prize. Mitch was fantastic. But just looking at Jordan Buckingham, he's 23 years of age. He's come from the clouds. The last 18 months, Simon, he has come from out of nowhere to be an Australian A representative, uh, playing for South Australia, and then, of course, played well in that Prime Minister's Eleven game, picking up the five. I definitely think he's something special and a future test star. So Simon from Balgownie, anointing the uh, Jordan Buckingham as a, a future Australian quick. The Wolf has got back to us. Jimmy, I would pick Jake T. My reason? The TV reality show Bounty Hunters would spare his life when he offered to share the secrets of how the slowest player in rugby league history who hasn't made a line break for five years can get a $900,000 per annum contract. I, I think that's a compliment. I don't know. I just, I'm not sure. Uh, thank you. Uh, anyone who thinks that tackle height will impede the quality of game needs to see the NFL and how the player protections have revolutionized the quality and longevity of its product. That's a pretty interesting point, Damien. Uh, because the popularity of the, and at the end of the day, the NRL, all they are concerned, not all that they're concerned about, they're concerned about player safety and all that. But one of the big metrics that they look at is how popular is our game? Are people turning away from our our game? And that's certainly not the case in the NFL. And yes, over the years, they have made it a lot safer. Uh, More and more regulations and, and rules coming into play uh, for the protection of the players. So, that's a pretty good point that you've made there, Damien. Uh, well done. Just out of nowhere, 097, elbow is a flog. Okay, I think you might have the wrong program here. But anyway, uh, thank you for that text. All right, keep them coming in. 0457 736 736. We'll take the news after the news. We're back with Afternoons Amplified with Coach Key. Thank you, Amy. Welcome back to the program. He's good, Mitch Swepson. I know he's fifth choice, but he was excellent, uh, and he's—he's, he's, as I said, he bowled very, very well. Lots of text messages coming in, so uh, we'll do that for SBS Fence. Um, you say safer, I say softer, says John from Launton, and that's the problem. That's the—that's the thing you've got to be careful of, don't you? And—and uh, and that's the fine balance. The aesthetic of the game is what they talk about. Brian Fletcher, ladies and gentlemen, has returned. Alive and well. Well, he's alive. I don't know how well he is. How well are you, Fletch? Just, I oh, know, very hot in here. So, uh, Chrissy, can we just get all mics turned on here? So,
3: uh, you there, Fletch? I'm here. Hey. How, how are we going? Welcome back. Yes, yeah, been in Queenstown. What about... Queenstown? Yeah, yeah. What about Vegas? No, tomorrow. <laughs> oh, right. Sorry. I yeah. thought you'd been in Vegas. No, I've been... I had a four-day... Sojourn. In I Queenstown. thought you we were going to use Bender. I well, <laughs> could have been. I basically ended up like that. But what a beautiful town. Queenstown? I've never been. Hey, hang on. It you, you sound
2: like you're in some sort of ambassadorial role. No, nothing. No?
3: Nothing. But if Queenstown Tourism want to share, it, <laughs> Pig and Whistle, uh, the Ballarat Hotel. Uh, you, it the Ballarat Hotel? It went, we went for golf. We played golf.
2: Oh, right. Okay. How'd you hit him? Oh, I don't want to talk about okay, that. Okay, all right, don't oh, talk right. about that. You've got a new hairdo.
3: You you're hit you're ready to go to Vegas. Right? I'm going to Vegas tomorrow at eleven AM. Wow. Is it the crew? You, Gordy, Maddie. Yeah. Uh, Gordy's over there. I think Gordy's already over there. Right. He went yesterday. So it's me, Maddie, and Heinmarsh on the QF, whatever it is. Yeah,
2: twelve or uh
3: yeah, twelve to LA. I don't know, but we're quite excited. Yeah. And you're so And board... you're driving from LA to Vegas? Is that right? We oh. were. All oh, right. <laughs> now. Where time is a premium, so we're going to fly. How many days are there? Six nights Uh, and one night in um, LA. Okay. Anything in particular you can
2: exclusively reveal on this program about what you might be doing as well?
3: Well, I can reveal that Hindmarsh will be going. So basically, we had a meeting about two weeks ago with Peter Valandis. And Peter Valandis said. So hang
2: on, you brought in, there you go, your pencil and your notepad, say PVL.
3: Well, he gave us an itinerary, and he said, right, I want you to hit the these marks. Bang, 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 bang. Yes. I said, no worries, Pete. I'm your man on the ground. <laughs> Whether or not we actually hit these said points. Right.
2: Give us an EG of one.
3: Um, his one or our one?
2: No, your, no. his one, and then I want to know what okay. your his one his
3: one was go and spread the word at the Chargers versus Raiders.
2: Raiders game. Yes. Aaron Woods, we've just seen him. He's, he's over there at the moment. Okay, yes. yeah. So
3: we're going Thursday, then we're going to the ice hockey. Spread the word. All right. I said, Pete, that all sounds good, but I want to spread the word like sort of in some clubs. Nice. thinking more like Hindmarsh up on stage with the Thunder from Down Under. Boom. I'm his manager. Right. So apparently there's about 1,300. It's, it holds 1,300. Right. There's about 1,200 uh, women yep. and about 100 men. Men? Yeah, on average. Okay. And they're, they're noticing that the uh, it's actually increasing right. the male attendance. Okay. So I think Hindmarsh might be able to. Bring that up a little bit higher.
2: I can exclusively reveal back I love in 2005, I went with a mate with his partner, and we were the only two blokes in the okay. room for Thunder from Down Under. Yeah, so Why? increased. Because my mate knew one of the dancers, one of the entertainers, right. Husey, from his brother played great
3: cricket at Mossman. Dave and, Hughes from no, uh, not Today f- FM. No, not, not that day. I wouldn't watch him. No. I wouldn't watch him in a fit. Okay, Uh but... <laughs> Unless he was on a wheel and there's all hot candles <laughs> Look at the black market. I thought I saw him in
9: about 1992.
3: What, what, what was the name of that joint?
2: Elfire. Elfire, that's it. Yes. Anyway. What are
3: we on air, by the
2: way? <laughs> <laughs> we'll cut this out in the edit. It'll be fine. But seriously, we were, we were the only two blokes yeah. in the joint, and we were sitting up in the back going, wow, there was 1,200 women going crazy. Yep. Absolutely. And Husey, our mate dancing up there a treat, and then we went out with him afterwards. Yeah. And getting into clubs, packed, no problem. He'd go, oh, mate. Cusy Thunder from Down Under, boys, straight through. Yeah, well, he said, "Look at the benefit of being a C grade celebrity in Los Angeles." Well, Vegas. we got
3: Heinmarsh. Heinmarsh will be attending. He's in the final act. So, if you're over there, I think it's on Thursday this week. That's huge. It is huge. <laughs> it is huge because uh, Gordon, you know Billy Cross. Billy Cross, he started all this. So he owned clubs. Okay. okay. So Billy Cross is from the Gold Coast. Gordy knows him. Matty knows him as well. So we're from got, the Thunder Down Under. Yeah, he was. I think he started it. Ah, he was a dancer, yeah. He was a dance. He was a tiny dancer.
2: Okay. What about Mick Duren? Doesn't Mick Duren own a nightclub over
3: there? Probably. He's doing a lot over there. Yeah. What
2: what but, are you doing uh, here, by I've the just way. come in here
3: because I try to escape the outside, the noise, and it's so hot out there. I come in here. What's going on here? Why is there no air conditioning? I
2: don't know. It's not working. Not not everything's no. yeah.
3: I'll tell you what's not working. <laughs> Big bash. What happened there? Oh, that no, was, was a disgrace. Can't you just bowl from one end? Boom! <laughs> We talked I would like to take credit for that but James Battle our technical man here he just said "Why did they just buy from, end? from one end I should do the I don't know if it, now, listeners know I played cause shield <laughs> and oh. I remember once we down at Dengar, we could only pl- buy from one end What a solution perfect So I here. good night everyone I'll see you if you're keen to listeners if you're keen to come to Vegas I'll be leaving tomorrow and let's hook up we're going to <laughs> QF12 is it 12 oh it's one, 11 or 12 I yeah don't know, but yeah. Uh, I'm hoping my upgrade comes <laughs> but, that's not looking good. Don't, just walk in. Don't you know who I think not I looking am? Good. Don't you know? know? I'm uh, the friend of Nathan who's on Thunder from Down Under. There you go. Guys, it's great to be here. I can't wait to uh, listen to your dulcet tones while you don't, you don't listen. Yes, do I you. do. I'll be listening. You <laughs> don't listen, You're big in Vegas. <laughs> You're huge in Vegas. <laughs> Tell Hutchie that. We'll be over there
2: next year. We'd love to go over. Actually, Coach K's over already.
3: Oh, yeah? You're, you're going in March? Yeah,
0: he's going. I'm heading over, yeah. yeah. you'll be there in March? Yes, but I'm
3: not – Not. Uh, it's pretty short. I think we're only the Wednesday, and we're out Sunday morning. Mm-hmm.
0: Boom. But that's, okay. that's Vegas for it. You need to get in. Three
2: nights is maximum at Vegas.
3: Well, it is if you go hard. Right. But if you're doing other things, you know, right. Mob Museum, uh, Grand Canyon, Hoover Dam. <laughs> well, that's <what laughs> sort of like is like the most boring trip to Vegas <laughs> There's
2: no there's spearmint no, rhino. No, what, sorry, what is what, it? Oh, sorry. Hi, Todd Gurley. <laughs> <laughs> Todd,
3: is there a spearmint rhino over there? Apparently. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, apparently. <laughs> James, you would know. I don't know. You come from a know. long line of dead <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my late father, Frank, says hello, Brian. <laughs> no, I was mean a, the Western it, Suburbs <laughs> magpies. <are about laughs> 97. He's a big fan of yours too. Oh, anyway. goodness me. I've got to get out of here. It's I'm, so I'm sweating up. <laughs> you need some hydrodol. Uh, What's that? I just bought some for the chemist. Okay. So, hydrodol is to get you recovering from hangovers. Oh, right. Yeah, so. Why are you hungover? Because I've from been in Queensland for four days. Oh, I've been one day off. My wife hates me. Everyone hates me. Very circular. It's good to be back. Yeah. Good. So I've got go
2: something go. for you too, by
3: the way, before you go. I've I'll, I'll got something for you. What? I'll Am I touring you know. something over there? <laughs> Last time I did that, I got in trouble. I <laughs> know oh, it can be uncomfortable, <laughs> isn't it? Fifteen be, hours
2: in the plane, Brian, sitting be, down. You need lubricant. Can be very uncomfortable. <laughs> you know a lot of baggage handlers, out there, don't you? Ah, so Hey, well. okay, all right. There we go. That's Brian Fletcher. More of Brian this afternoon. Oh, it is hot. It is hot in here. Uh, you know how we were going to do that afternoon's amplified, <laughs> Coach K. We'll do it another time. Let's break, and then we're back with more. I can't help but think I've been violated with Brian Fletcher coming (laughs) into the studio. Always fun with Fletcher and Joel and Brooksy and Gibbo. They're all back for the drive show, so make sure you're listening to that the run home. Fletcher, you fake plumbing dog, says Dunny. Dunny, there's a fair bit of professional jealousy associated with that one. So just be careful on that running man, an all-time classic. This is the text line for sbsfence.com.au. Remember, uh, that's Alex and the team. Go and say good day. Uh, made my wife watch that second date we married. Now <laughs> I still don't think she grasped the enormity of what Arnie did in that movie, though. Well, Kenny, keep impressing upon her uh, the enormity of what Arnie did. Jimmy, take the ten million now. Okay, Bulldog Bob, invested at five percent per annum and live off $500,000 per annum, less tax. You will still have the $10 million capital, but there is no guarantee that the people would give you the $1 million, but just suck it up. Okay, Bulldog Bob. So there you go. There's Bulldog Bob with a, uh, a little bit of advice on that one. The hypotheticals, that's what we're doing today. Uh, Coach K said, do you cut off your middle left finger and never be sick again, or do you keep it and... Run the gauntlet. No way. Get rid of that finger is what I'm saying. Now we were, uh, I won't say rudely interrupted. We were interrupted by Brian Fletcher a little bit earlier. We were going to do Afternoons Amplified. So, Chrissy, let's do it.
0: Afternoons Amplified. Amplified.
2: Yes, Chrissy. Up there on the Gold Coast, uh, right on that. Oh. We do appreciate <laughs> exactly. Uh, Coach K. Yes. Hey, uh, afternoon, Jim. <clears throat> what have we missed throughout the course of today?
0: Yeah, let's start with this one, Jimmy. For mm-hmm. all the Storm fans that listen to the station, I'm sure there's a few up there in Queensland, but the rising star Su'a Fa'alongo mm. uh, is on contract and he could remain in Melbourne until the end of 2027. So the Telegraph is reporting that management have held positive talks. Now, uh, okay, how could you have negative talks about Suha Fa'alongo? Well, that's right. Like, if you're the Storm, first of all, you're going to get him. Doesn't matter how much. I reckon if he got offered a bit more than what he would at the Storm, Say it was, I don't know, a team that was struggling, you wouldn't leave. Stay at the Storm. So uh, the there's options here,
2: right? A trade, a swap, a loan. Mm-hmm. So Nick Meaney played well at fullback. Ryan Pappenhausen, everything is crossed. But the great Pap comes back and plays well. And just be careful about the the Storm fans up there in Queensland, knowing that Stormy Daniel is down here at Oran Park. So th- Very there, fair. Are, there are indeed Storm fans in Victoria. Hillstrom, Hillary, listening. So we've just got to be careful around that. They do have a massive support up in Queensland. They were always Queensland's fourth side, now the fifth side with mm-hmm. the Dolphins coming in, but a huge support. Suafai so Longo, in the space of 40 minutes, ma, nah, let's call it 80 minutes, you just went star and then backed it up. And, and all the data, you know where we got that, all the data said when he was playing up there in the Queensland Cup, he's a star. a reserve grade game, the... Um, Trial game that he played against the Roosters, star. He's won NRL game against the Broncos, star. His game for Samoa against the Kangaroos? Star. Just sign him up. Unfortunately, it looks at the point where you go, All right, I know Nick Mooney did a good job. However, however, you know, if, if any one of these players is expendable, then it's Nick. Unless he plays in the centers. Unless he can get him to play in the centers. So mm. that will be interesting to see. Yeah, you cannot have negative. Conversations with Sue Farlonger and his management, I would have thought.
0: Now, Jimmy, I've got some audio. So we've got the few NRL ambassadors over there in Vegas at the moment. They watched a riveting game of NFL. Cracking Let me game. tell you, Vikings 3. Raiders nil. So if you're a fan at that game, you're probably more excited by the fact that all these guys—Aaron Woods, Billy Walters, etc.—were there. Hang on, pull up with what you say. Well, why not? It was a shocking game. Of they have got, you know, they've got no
2: idea who they
0: well, are. Well, maybe they were excited to find out who these superstars are in Australia who have gone over there to the states. How? Okay, that's like saying, hey, we've got these people
2: from Laos coming here, and they play a game that we've never heard of, and we're going to parade them at halftime. How excited would you be, or would you turn your back on that and talk to people around you if you're at a Rabbitohs game?
0: Well, I'd like to think in the lead-up to them being at the game, there's a little bit of chatter around town in Vegas about people coming.
2: I've got a bit of an issue, too, with what I've seen here on, or the Mm. vision coming through on Fox Sports News, right? James Hooper's over there at Allegiant Stadium. He had Aaron Woods standing next to him as an ambassador, right? An ambassador. Right. Aaron Woods was wearing a Chicago Bulls cap and an LA Raiders shirt. You blend in. Aren't you meant to stand out?
0: Wear your manly jersey. Wear your manly cap. Wear your manly everything. What was wrong with him wearing the, the Raiders t-shirt? But aren't you there? So well, okay. you, Are you a
2: walking billboard for your club? Yeah.
0: You... If you walk past something and go, oh, hey,
2: what's that, dude? That's how you start a conversation. Oh, this is the Manly Seagulls. They're coming here to play next year. Put a, hat, yeah, right. Put a hat on, mix if, and match it. If you walk past a guy in an LA Raiders shirt, you're going, you yeah, LA Raiders fan. Of mm. course he's at this game. Mm. Anyway.
0: anyway, Fletch will sort it out. Yeah. Fletch will <laughs> get over there and he'll make sure everyone knows about it. He'll make it happen. Yep. Hey, and just uh, lastly, before we do go to the break, Jimmy, yesterday in the NBA in-season tournament, this is the final score, 123-109, the Lakers defeated the Pacers. Oh. What that means essentially is that each play in the winning side so the Lakers team get 500K, not AUD, Thank you. (laughs) To their name. yeah. So LeBron James, yeah, you probably don't need it. Either does Anthony Davis. But guys like Max Christie, Jared Vanderbilt, Austin, My man Austin Reeves. Austin Reeves. Well, he signed a huge deal as well. So he should. Yeah, absolutely. A big sneaky deal in China, I believe, too. Austin Reeves. He he did. Huge money. So, But listen to this. Anthony Davis in 41 minutes. He had for himself 41 points and 20 rebounds. So congratulations to the late Show. That's his best ever game Mm. in the Lakers singlet. Yeah, it would be. Anthony Davis, and amazing.
2: So LeBron got them to the final with his performance in the semifinal, mm. and then Anthony Davis won it there in the final. They've won the first play-in tournament. So i have reading all the statistics about this. Every other sport, take note, take note. The tournament within the competition, increased ratings, increased attendance, and also gave broadcasters something else to look at moving forward. Tick, tick. Tick, hello, National Panasonic Cup. Were you a quick,
0: quickly before we do the break? Were you no, a f- listen, when Chris says break, don't let's just do it, run our own race. Were you a fan of the colourful courts?
2: No, but it doesn't matter. Could
0: you do something? Just
2: try things and fail okay. and then
0: do something else. You know what? It's a discussion for another day, but how would you do the in season NRL tournament with funky fields? I'm glad you're giving me five minutes to
2: think about it during the course of this ad break. Good. And we'll be back with more. Yes. Mm-hmm. Welcome back to the program. We are done for the second hour. We're just about done. Two o'clock flock coming up very shortly. So call now. There's a lot of people calling a little bit earlier. So call now, 1300-01-1170. You want to have your say on anything, the BBL last night or lack of BBL. We can talk about the new rules in the RFL. That's the Rugby Football League over in the UK where tackle zones is... Uh, topic for discussion. So too will be television audiences. We'll do that with managing director and publisher at Media Week, Trent Thomas. The Who Am I, it's there as well. So your chance to win the Signet Boost Powerback. So So uh, give us a call, 1-300-01-1170. 1170 um, is, hypothetically, what if the Broncos players walk their dogs before the grand final? They might have learnt how to hold on to a lead. Oh, Damien. Oh, that's nasty. Very nasty. Our question, do you get a diploma from tackling school and will there be detention, recess and a prom? I thought tackling school was called training. That's from the Pearl. It's an interesting point, but, yeah, surely Trevor Gilmeister in the role of Dumbledore for tackling school in rugby league. All right, keep those texts coming in. Call now on the open line your chance to win $100 cash. All thanks to Tristan and the team at Top Sport. All righty, here we are, back third hour and final of the program. It is just after 2 o'clock down here in Sydney. It's just after 1 o'clock in Queensland. And remember, you're listening up there via SENQ 693 AM in Brizzy, SEN 1170 AM in Sydney. And remember, download the SEN app anywhere at any time. If you want to have a listen to any of those podcasts, wherever it is you get your podcasts, Spotify, Apple, etc. just search for the Afternoons with Jimmy Smith. Uh, podcast. Uh, 0457 736 736. That's the text line. Call now if you want to win $100 cash from Tristan and the crew up there at Top Sport. one 300 1170 Coming up very shortly, the MD and publisher at Media Week, Trent Thomas, will talk about what you've been watching. Uh, interesting with the ICC cricket rights for the World Cups that was just purchased by Amazon Prime in this country. We'll get... Trent's thoughts on that. The Who Am I will be here as well. So we'll have that coming up in the next hour. But time to get to this.
3: Time now for the two o'clock flock. It sure is. So
2: let's go to Wayne, who is on the line from Warunga. G'day,
10: Wayne. G'day, Jimmy. Um, I'm just ringing in regards to the hypothetical that was uh, posed earlier. Yes. Um, an absolute no-brainer for me. I would take the finger off and never get sick again,
6: um,
10: okay. because the brain actually—you would have your brain um, would improve its functionality for your ring and index finger um, to compensate it for it. Under the same guise, if people who are born without hands, they have increased dexterity on in their feet because the neural pathways improve. Um, I think Coach K was saying you wouldn't be able to grip anything. Yeah, the strength of your other, your thumb and the other three fingers would equal the loss of that middle finger. Okay. So I would okay. definitely take the finger off and, and you would, uh, over time, progress back.
2: I never thought neural pathways would get a mention here on the Afternoons program today, Wayne. There you but, go. But,
0: but it has. <laughs> it's his...
10: the same as, his, same as someone who's really severely injured in an accident or people went to war and they lose their dominant hand. They have to use the other hand, and then they they end up getting the same dexterity with that as what they had in the original.
3: Uh, yeah,
2: here's, here's the, the other, other one that came in away. from the pool. Here's the uh, fun fact: fifty percent of your hand strength comes from your pinky. So, and you think of rock
10: climbers; they can hold their body their body weight with one digit hanging on a rock. So, yeah. Um, yep, as the, I love the hypotheticals, but I'm a de- I'm deeply into. I won't get sick anymore. Take it away.
2: Yeah, I'm with you, Wayne. Good on you, mate. Appreciate the call. Keep them coming in. One 1170 Actually, just before I get to our next caller, just having some breaking news coming here, uh, and I want to get to the junior Amone story. I think the sentencing has happened today, uh, so he has been found guilty. We know that. Uh, St George Illawarra Dragons playmaker Junior Amon avoided prison after he was found guilty of allegations that he armed himself with a hammer and chased a tradesman off a roof during a heated dispute. He walked out of Wollongong Court today after being sentenced to a two-year intensive corrections order, which is a term of imprisonment to be served in the community. However, his father Talatau Amon was sentenced to a period of two and a half years behind bars with a non-parole period of twelve months, according to NCA Newswire. So his future at the Dragons is understood to be under a cloud after the club stood him down from all club activities indefinitely. Uh, here's a press conference from the cl- a press release from the club. The Dragons acknowledge the guilty verdict handed down to player Talatau Amon in Wollongong Court. Uh, for the assault last November. So, okay, so that is the latest. What the implications are, we'll get further clarification. We might have that before the end of today's program, but that is the breaking news. So no jail time for Junior Amon, but two and a half years um, of community service, community service. Uh, Let's go back to the open line. Greenkeeping Rooster is there. Hello, Greenkeeping Rooster.
11: Hey, Jimmy, how are you, mate?
2: Really well, thanks, buddy. What have you got for us today?
11: Uh, Just talking about the rule changes. Um, Yes. I can can understand where they're coming from, and I totally agree with what they're doing, but Jesus puts a lot of pressure on the referee Mm. in the middle, which they're already under a lot of pressure, as it is with the way the rules and the way they get it get told to adjudicate the game. So, but I can understand what's going on. But for people to come out and say that, oh, it's going to be like touch football and like Oztag, that's pretty a naive way of thinking about it, I think, because the game's never been cleaner. And I go out to every home game of the Roosters and you watch it live and the game's still tough. Oh, yeah. and it just takes an incredible person to go out there and put their body through what they do for eighty minutes.
2: Yeah, and and that's the really interesting point. Good on your greenkeeping, Rooster. Appreciate the call. So, what is lost if you change the rules? That's that's the thing we have to determine. It, the aesthetic of the game was the way it was described by Stormy Daniel, and that is that you know the the immeasurable. How much do we admire that person because of the punishment they're able to absorb and then go on? And is that diminished if they're not allowed to be hit, hit in the neck or the head now, but in, in Amateur Rugby League next year in the UK, they won't be allowed to be hit on the shoulder. And and the point I made was the instructional video that the RFL put out. I looked at one of the tackles in particular. Well, there were two tackles that stood out. One tackle in particular and it was uh, in the Women's Rugby League, and there was a girl, a woman, hitting another one, and it hit around the arms, and then the arms went up, and it looked like it was above the shoulder, and that was deemed an illegal tackle. There was a legal tackle in a men's game where three players all went low on a player, all from different directions. You know how that can happen within the course of the game, and they all swung around, and I'm like, okay, surely we've got... Head clashes coming out of this one because they all went low. Three defenders on the one player. And there it is, legal tackle. And I'm saying, in my mind, legal tackle, yes. Safe tackle? Question mark, question mark. So that was the that was the one that got me. Good on you, Greenkeeping Rooster. Let's go to Shane. He's on the line at Marrickville. G'day, Shano.
9: G'day, Jimmy. How you go, mate? Well, what about those Chicago Bears? On fire, mate! On fire! We're back, baby! We're back. Oh, um, yes. Jimmy, look. Do um, you ever see a picture of the old uh, Welsh forward front rower John Mantle, seventy-five World Cup, and he's grabbing uh, Artie Beetson by the arm, and he's missing his middle ring finger. And never stopped him from having a great career. He was Jim Mill's partner in crime. I, I hate oh wow! Running into both of them. Yeah, there's footage, there's old pictures of it and he's, he had no teeth in his head either. He's a hard, hard old bastard. But listen, I've got a quick hypothetical for you, right? Yes. Next year, I'll, I'll give you 500 bucks, right? You've got to watch the whole AFL draft or you can smash three watermelons over your head or watch six episodes of Oprah back-to-back. <laughs> okay, so there's a
2: time commitment in the first and the third uh, there's a chance of injury, albeit minor, for the second. I'll take the second.
9: Yeah, yeah.
2: You'd yeah. go to the watermelons every day of the week, wouldn't you? Every day, thank you, Shane. Good on you. Uh yeah, so right. we updated score, Eagles six, Cowboys twenty-four. That's just the start of the third quarter there. Earlier the Chicago Bears, five and eight beat the Detroit Lions 9-4, 28-13 at Soldiers Field. So big win for the Chicago Bears. Oh, it, I'm loath to do this. Actually, I'll leave him to last. He'll be emotional. Uh, first up, though, we'll go to Simon at Surrey Hills. G'day, Simon. Jimmy, good afternoon.
9: How are you going?
2: Really well, thanks, buddy. What do you got for us?
9: Um, First of all, before I talk to you about what I want rang you for, did you notice the Renegade jersey this year so alike to the Sydney Sixers.
2: Yes, that was noted on Friday when we called that game, the Sixers v the Renegades. Very, very similar indeed, especially with the black pants, right? They all had the black pants and the, the striping yeah. down there.
9: Because I tried to, I watched it yesterday, the um, Renegades and Scorchers when it, before it finished, and then when I turned it on, I thought it was the Sixers and Scorchers and I thought it might have been rained out in Geelong, but then I realised, hang on, that's the Renegades again. So their jersey is way, way too similar. Anyway, mate, just um, in regards to the uh, NBA end-season tournament, I watched that over the last three or four weeks, and I quite enjoyed it, And especially with the way they did the court. Would it work in an NRL system, Jimmy, the old Panasonic Cup, KGB Cup? I mean, I would think the only way we can probably do something like that is maybe hold it during the state of origin period for about a five or six-week period. Um, all teams involved, no buys for anybody. We we'll get content every week. Will it work that way you think? Yeah, it's
2: a it's a good point. And I say that, oh hey, you know, Panasonic Cup, but really we we need to be working on strategies that deliver less games, not more games, right? We need Correct. less games, not more games. So h- no, how do we but do- what I
9: was saying there, Jimmy, is is make the season where 18 rounds, 17 rounds, whatever it is, and no one you don't pay each other. You only pay everyone once. And during that six-week period, that's when you can have the in-season tournament. And the I'm actual all, yeah. competition is not impacted.
2: I'm all for reducing content to a degree, but you can't take a whole heap away. Okay, so you need to be careful yeah. on that. Good on you, Simon. Thank you for that. But it's a good point. It's a good point. Um, uh, all right, let's go to our next caller. We've got Michael on the line at Marrickville. Uh, we'll get him there, Chrissy. Hello, Michael. Yes. Hey, uh, this is um, Jimmy from radio station 1170 SEN and SENQ 693 AM. You've given us a call. What would you like to talk about, Michael?
12: Mate, just the Premier League, mate. What do you think? It's pretty exciting this year, don't you think, Jimmy, baby? Oh, hang on a minute. Hang on and minute. I'm, and I'm Wait, not. Where
2: ever... are you angling for this?
12: No, no, you know me, mate. I'm a Liverpool tragic. No, I just mm. think it's been a great season. No, Jimmy, I'm under the weather, mate. That's why I'm sounding a bit funny, a bit short of breath. But um, I just think it's been an exciting season, mate. All the low clubs can beat the big clubs. Um, I just think it's great, you know, mate? I, I know you're a Man United supporter. I'm oh, not having a go dear. at you. Yeah. No, no, I'm not there, mate, honest. And, I, mate, I want to give a big plug to the Sydney Kings. I travelled down on um Friday with them from Cairns, and they were just very courteous very polite guys to everyone mate you should have seen them they helped a few elderly on there i just thought it was a really good thing to see jimmy okay not who is who is
2: yeah. no 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 that's all good michael so liverpool go back top of the league um arsenal now second villa what a story that is in third spot. Mate, Man City fine. with all their millions in fourth spot. Tottenham with Ange in fifth. And Man United might have a new manager shortly in sixth spot.
12: Yeah. Mate, did you see your your captain, Bruno Fernandes? He he got the most stupidest yellow card. He wanted a back chat when he, there was no need to back chat. And now the big talk is that he did it purposely so he wouldn't he wouldn't face Liverpool on the weekend. Just your best player's gone for the weekend, which I think is, mate, he's got to be demoted, which is everyone's talk from your ex-players, like the Roy Keane and the... Gary the Neville, Neville brothers. Yeah, the and Neville stuff.
2: brothers, yeah. Yeah,
12: yeah. just, um, yeah, it's fair to see, mate. Such a great club, not doing too well, you know.
2: Okay, Jimmy, can we, can hang on, on, much, hang on like Michael, like Michael, boy, Michael, boy, yeah. Michael boy go yeah. back. Who are, the, who are the well-behaved Sydney Kings? Who do you want to give a rap to?
12: No, the whole lot of them, mate. They were absolute gentlemen. The whole lot, the whole team. Everyone that travelled down from Cairns on the Qantas flight, mate, they were... Mate, they stopped, they let the elderly walk in first. They were just very polite, man. It was just really nice to see a young bunch of blokes doing their thing for the community. If that's, you know, respecting the elders, it was... Nice to see you, mate. There was quite a few elderly coming down on our flight, and um, it was just nice to watch, man. I was watching in admiration, if that
2: makes sense. It certainly does. Hey, Michael, uh, whatever's yeah. ailing you yeah, at the mate. moment, if you could lose your left uh, middle finger, yeah. would, would you give it up?
12: What do I gain? Oh, for my mate, you... I'm on the road to recovery from prostate cancer, mate. So. yeah. Uh... Oh. I think I think I lost more than a middle finger but um <laughs> but I'm on the I'm on the right track. I'm on the right track back, uh Jimmy. That's the main thing, mate. But um just a bit weak. The I've just started exercising today, that's why I'm short of breath, mate. I'm absolutely gone. I've done nothing for three months and it's a long way back to where I was, I think. I, yeah, not the young fella that I used to be, mate. But um I- yeah, just me health, mate. I'd give up my, middle, my little finger for me health, mate. That's for
2: sure. 100%. Michael, great to hear from you, mate. Great to hear that things are All tracking best, well, brother. too. All good best, on you, mate. Jeez, there he mate. is, Michael. Um, Michael Baby, as we like to call him. He's a good man. So I'm um, glad to hear you've gotten over that health scare. So uh, thank you for the call, too, mate. Here we go. Now he's here, and I'm concerned about him. Hello,
10: Troy. Hello, Jimmy. Just hang on one moment. Um, I just wanted to say, let's go back to the uh, the two and a tackle in Super League, and then we alleviate all of those problems with head knocks with the gang tackles.
2: Mm, not all the problem, but yeah, okay, okay. It's a it's a that's a dramatic fundamental change to any game, of that game as well too, right? Yeah, uh, are you okay, mate? I know you had something about you know Lance Morris not getting a start. How's Georgie? No, all right. So let's just. I've got Troy's just gone to the toilet in the middle of the talkback call. That's that's a first. I must admit. Good on you, Troy. Thank you. Thank you for the call. Um, All right. Uh, Crime scene. Okay, I'm not going to read that one out. But thank you for your hypothetical. What I will do is go to a break. After the break, we are back and we're going to have a chat with our man Trent Thomas. He's the managing director and publisher at Media Week. Stick around. Well, it is that time of the week that we speak to our man Trent Thomas. He is the Uh, Managing Director uh, and Publisher of Media Week. He's a regular on a Monday and happy to say he's on the line. G'day, Trent.
6: Hey, Jimmy. Thanks for having me again. It's not Monday without a Zoom call with you. (laughs) Can can you just tell me where you are? Because I thought, oh, great. You've finished unpacking
2: Uh, for the new new digs that we heard about last week.
6: I think my theme is I've never had the same background for any of our Zoom calls. (laughs) I've always been a different spot. Today, I'm in my... High school study at my mum's. I've got all of my stuff from high school behind me. But um, keep keeping it different, Jimmy. <laughs> Always mixing it up. Uh, Maybe we love- next week it'll be Hawaii. Who knows?
2: Wow. No, we <laughs> would be – well, we'd be very jealous with that. That's what we would be. Uh, all right, mate. I, I reckon uh, we'll get to the TV numbers very shortly. But I think the most interesting thing that's happened over the course of the last week and, – and it dropped on Monday night, Tuesday morning. So we just missed it last week. But Amazon – have bought the rights to ICC cricket. So this is the International, the World Cups, the T20s, the Test Championship for the next four years, uh, exclusively to be broadcast in Australia. Did you see this one coming and give us your impact on what it's going to have on the domestic broadcasters?
6: Yeah, so what was interesting, obviously everybody was bidding and you kind of expected that you would kind of see your more usual Channel 9 or even Paramount um so obviously paramount would have benefited from getting a sports package like this especially using paramount plus to paywall so very similar plan to what amazon had um cricket rights have been int- in it, like like a real interesting thing where you see the local channels really deprioritize overseas cricket like if it's not in australia in the right time zone then they've never bidded very aggressively. But if you look at the results of the test championship and the overseas Ashes this year, then it shows Australians, the consumer is willing to tune in at funkier time zones to watch it. So um, it made sense as low-hanging fruit for Amazon to be able to come in and get it because that's never something people aggressively bid on. But I think the larger conversation is how is this going to shift the market value of everything Moving forward, is Amazon going to be more aggressive in bidding against Foxtel for the STV rights next time they expire? Are they more aggressive in targeting um, more local uh, sports like NRL and AFL? Because cricket made sense because Amazon sees it as a global sport and it probably aligns with strategies that they have for content in India, Pakistan, South Africa, and so they under, they probably have into people there that understand cricket. So that made sense. Um, But talking to executives at pretty much every free-to-air and a few STV broadcasters, they were basically like, we'll just pay what we think it's worth. And if someone from overseas wants to pay more, they can have it. But there, there doesn't seem to be much of an interest going into a potential recession and economic headwinds to get into bidding wars on these rights, especially if they're not considered to be absolute premiums. You'll yep. see, like I think they're like that. We just get like I think people like Foxtel, their strategy is as long as we have the NRL, the AFL, and the domestic summer of cricket, the rest is gravy. Um, there's probably some things like F one is probably worth a lot more to someone like Foxtel than a lot of these other kind of international second tier options. But I think a lot of the strategy everyone's doing is very tent pole where they're just trying to get the absolute cream of the crop and if they can do deals that make sense financially for the rest they will but they're not going to enter a bidding war with amazon or netflix or paramount plus global
2: yeah and it's really interesting you talk about that as a global strategy with cricket because they're a global sport but this is a very local market too so mm. um, making sure you're aware of that we did the numbers last week we were talking about it there's 82 percent penetration of amazon prime into us households it's 22 percent in australia so there's that they would see that as a massive opportunity. And and you're right, those, those more domestic sports like your NRL and your AFL are going to be the ones that are going to be
6: really interesting yeah. to see what these behemoths do later. Well, Their domestic model um, makes a lot of sense. I just need people to try it because if you use Amazon to shop, it makes no sense not to have Amazon Prime Video. Like you basically get it for free if you shop enough so I think, I think their strategy is just to find things that get people to get it once, and then they won't unget it. So 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 cheap. I think Amazon has a pretty good retention rate, as opposed yep. to some of the other apps. So I think their their goal is to just get people to try it. And I think you know the World Cup is probably the perfect product. People will say I'll get Amazon for a month, and then they'll just never get rid of it.
2: Yeah. Uh, Big shout out to Tracy from Cordor, who's a very good shopper. So we get great value out of our $6.99 for the Prime membership on a monthly basis. All right, mate, um, let's have a look at the numbers coming out over the course of the weekend. Very difficult from a BBL perspective because we had match abandoned and then match abandoned, which was a little strange. But Friday night, we had a cracking game at the SCG. What were the BBL numbers like coming out of the, the Friday night in particular?
6: Yeah, they were, they were solid. Like, you can't really, like, complain when you look at, um, like I said, it's hard to make, like, real heads and tails of it all at the moment because of the washed out ones and there's only a few um, games to actually look at. But if you look at, like, Thursday, you had 318,000 on 7. Like, I'd be really happy with that. Yep. And then another 100,000 on um, Foxtel. But that's like a total of 428 before, as I say every week, you factor in regional, BVOD, KO. Um, so, I, and I think even on Sunday, they did, you know, 182,000 on Seven and 85,000 on Fox. And for Sunday, that, you know, that's not bad at this time of the year. The BBL's never been a um, high volume, there's never been a quality play by seven it's always been a quantity play of filling out the summer schedule with something that's going to bring in a decent number every night it's never going to be a million people tuned in to watch the bbl it's a niche product it's made more for people that are casual sports watchers that want to watch sport and made for more rusted on cricket fans There's not the same crossover to it as if you had um, rugby league or AFL and rugby league AFL probably struggle with some of the time slots they give BBL anyways like Tuesday yeah. nights like no like so it's hard to assess because uh, if you can get a product to get 300,000 on a Tuesday night in December then that's pretty good like a Tuesday night um, 300,000 in March not very good so it's also kind of looking at the context of these numbers and the numbers that sport are doing as well So I think they would overall be, they'd be happy, but they need to see the whole season how it plays out, and how it play, and a lot of it's also ranking where it ranks compared to the other shows, which we haven't been able to figure out fully because it's only been running for a a small drip.
2: And, And that's the thing, like we, they wanted to get a really strong momentum build up. Then they've got the Perth Test match that's going to go into prime time as well, so there'll be no BBL. Uh, on those nights and you've got to put aside five nights for that and then now you get the two uh, abandoned matches and that that really does have an impact on that one what about A-League and NBL and there's some distressing news for A-League executives right and a big shout out to your friends at Paramount Plus right
6: Uh, Who who would have thought that the A-League on Channel 10 would be going neck-to-neck with the figure skating on SBS? (laughs) But here we are. Both (laughs) registered 31,000 Metro viewers. It was figure skating highlights. It wasn't even live. Oh, no. I think that's just one of those quirky things. Where 31,000, is roughly what the A-League's always done. I just don't think people expected uh, figure skating to come in so red hot. (laughs) Um, I can't hear it. Was it... um... What was the name of the the movie, um, Blades of Fury or Blades of Glory? Blades of Glory with uh, Will Ferrell and yes. uh, the guy from the Pauline Dynamite. Yeah, is yeah, Vote for Pedro.
3: Yeah. <laughs> 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 ah, very good.
2: Hey, um, mate, this is our my last week on the afternoon show, so I reckon um, as of next week, you'll be you'll be having a break. So you, us <laughs> from. You could Zoom us from Hawaii if you would like to. Um, just to show I, hope, I hope I hope Julian
6: and Tess have a great summer.
2: <laughs> well, that's right. Um, but, mate, in all seriousness, I really want to thank you for all that you've done for us over the course of the year. It's been fantastic um, keeping us up to date, uh, giving you some great insight. I know the listeners appreciate it. So a big
6: thank you to you, Trent. Thanks, Jimmy. I've had a great year. Always appreciate getting to be a radio star for five minutes a week.
2: (laughs) And now a TV star by (laughs) (laughs) Zoom. You've got to remember that. Good on you, mate. You have a great Christmas break. Thanks. You too. Thank you, Amy. Welcome back to the program. So we've got the Who Am I coming up very shortly. Uh, before that, just let me look at this top sport game tonight in the BBL. So the Hurricanes are hosting the Sydney Sixers. So we see the Sixers in action. No Stephen Smith on this occasion. seventy nine. the Hobart Hurricanes, the Sixers 2 dollars 2 We've got to give you the score update coming out of the NFL. It is, uh, well, I want to give an updated score. It was 24-6 coming out of halftime. Ooh, 24-13 with nine minutes remaining in the third quarter. So they've dragged one back, have the Philadelphia Eagles. That's the Cowboys over the Eagles. 24-13 is the scoreline. Hi, Jimmy. Speaking of the EPL, uh, happy Aston Villa fan here. How good are they going under Unai Emery? beating Man City and Arsenal last two games. How good, says Brian. Uh, Jimmy, for a rugby league in-season tournament, could you make it midweek nines tournament? Ooh. Extend it to the New South Wales Cup and the Q Cup clubs with a random draw to group the bracket into three or four teams per slot. Each team in their first round plays their group in a knockout fixture, then dwindle it down to quarter, final semi, etc. Could be a good way to see the extended squads and young talent, but also some excitement and opportunity. For the local clubs, ban, ban. With ideas like this, you'll get yourself a high-powered job somewhere in sports administration. That is a great idea. Those sorts of things. I don't think it's that exactly, but it's something similar to that. It might look or smell similar to that. What about if defend- – this is a new one from Ash. What about if defending teams are rewarded with only having to retreat five metres instead of ten metres for a one-on-one legs tackle? Ash, isn't it funny because I knew that someone here – who and there was always – why don't we get those people who do beautiful tackles around the ankles like they did in the old days? And you're like, that's yeah, because that was the old days. And now you're looking at it and go, the lower tackler with these new rules, those people who are more inclined to tackle lower will be rewarded. So if, if, if those changes come in. With young Junior Amon, would playing for the Dragons be considered a community service? <laughs> do you know? It's a little bit harsh, but fair. Um, I would thought, uh, from Tony, here's an idea to reduce concussion. What about segregating competitions by weight divisions by tackling those of the same weight players avoid the damage that comes with massive collisions by a hundred kilogram plus behemoths. Tony, you mean at the amateur level and the junior level, um, at the school as in the underage level to a degree. Yes. But. I don't think it's I don't think the size of the opposition is a factor and you certainly can't do it when it comes to professional level. I understand the stance. Who else would like who would be the lightest player in the NRL right now? Who's the lightest player? Yeah, Jaden Campbell. Jaden Campbell would go close, right? So who what comp the he playing? <laughs> Just everyone else about your weight. It's Jaden Campbell playing against who? Jacob Little. Um I don't know. uh I, Ryan Pappenhausen. I reckon Papps a big one of the lighters. I understand the stance to make the game safer, but it seems the more we try to adjust the rules, the more common sense becomes grey, says Adam on the Goldie. Yeah, there's a it's a little bit like that, Adam. Uh good on you, mate. All right, all right, without further ado. Chrissy? Who do you think yeah.
0: it is? It's oh. now time to play Who Am I?
2: it certainly is so w- what is what is the prize today coach Kate? the
0: suspense the suspense yeah Jimmy we're playing for the Signet Power Bank today wow which there is a great result so valued at
2: 44.95 just on that mm-hmm. uh, any chance Signet power Bank and we've given away I think it's just short of a thousand over the course of the last three years. no proof. No, proof. No proof. Uh, yeah. Any chance we can get one in this office? I had to borrow two buck chucks today. Did it work? It worked a treat. Mm. The Signet Boost Power Bank—you just plug it in to the computer, and away you go. It works a treat. But no one else had one. How is it that we can give them away? I want one.
0: Are you listening, Sen?
2: No, I'm. I'm no, I'm talking to you. You're oh. the one that hands out the prizes. Right. I want one, please.
0: Okay. Is there a conflict of interest? No. Curious? You haven't won. Any. You haven't won. Who am I? All right. Okay, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> go on this this is the hardest one yet. All right, here we go, Jimmy, for your chance. Okay, see, so <laughs>
2: when you say this is the hardest one yet, yeah, you set is. an expectation. Nah, I do. Okay.
0: Well, I think it is anyway. All so right. we're going back in time for this one, we're winding back the clock. Unlike
2: you, yeah. like, you know, who. who doesn't look at any cricket beyond, say, 2012. <laughs> okay. Other people do actually have an interest and, in, indeed, a knowledge mm. of the history of okay. lots of different sports. All right, here we go. All
0: right, first clue. Yes. Born in Sydney. Oh, yeah. Compe- I, I think I know it. Oh, you, did? you got no idea. Here we go. <laughs> clue number two, competed in the 1952, 1956, and 1960 Olympics in boxing. That's the second clue. Mm. In the nineteen sixty Olympics, mm. he lost to Muhammad Ali in the semifinals. Ooh. Tell me who you think that one is. Listeners. In the
2: nineteen born in Sydney, Correct. Sydney, Australia.
0: Yep. Yeah. Can I can I this is in the clue, but I'll tell you something, Jimmy, because I feel like you might know this even mm. more so. Attended Waverley College.
2: College of knowledge.
0: The College of Knowledge. There we go. I reckon the wolf
2: would know that straight away. Why the, is that? Oh, he's, he's a boxing fan. From oh, like okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. This is on you, Wolf. And if you do win the Signet power back, give it to Jimmy.
2: <laughs> <laughs> he'd gladly do that. Oh. I know I'm speaking for him now, but he, I, I get the sense he'd gladly do that. 1960 Olympics, he lost to Muhammad Ali in the semi-final. That's right. An Australian boxer mm. who was an amateur for a long time. That is a great question. That is a great question. Mm, you, you know, told you. that is the hardest one ever, as you predicted. So there you go. Oh, man, we are getting all these different uh, text messages in here. I, oh, Joe Bugden? No. Isn't Joe from Austria? <laughs> Where's Joe from? He's, I know he's Aussie Joe, but he's <laughs> Travis. He's not born in Sydney. U2PG. Uh, uh, all right. Uh, Oh, hang on. I think Statsy might have it. All right, let's get ourselves to a break. Well done, Coach K. That is the Who Am I. Keep the text messages coming in. 0457 736 736. Okie dokie. Welcome back to the program. Wow. This is, I love it when it's a learning experience. Uh, the old Who Am I. In fact, anything. Anything. Very open mind. Uh, so open. A lot of people think, all oh, my brains have fallen out. But... Uh, just before we get into the text line, all thanks to SBS Fence. Remember, sbsfence.com.au. Archie Rose says the Coth's Panther. No, Joe Bugner. Joe uh, Bugner, Hungarian-born. So just to let you know that. um, We've got... Here we go. um, Born in Sydney. That narrows it down. This is McHugh. That narrows it down to half the Kiwi population. (laughs) Uh, Lionel Rose gets a couple of mentions here. Coach K... um, uh, Ecker got it right. Uh, Pearl wanted to have it. No, you got it right too, but you weren't in. Um, Anthony Madonna. Uh, that's a different one. Thank you, <laughs> Junior Smithy. But Statsy from Freshwater got in with Tony Madigan. So I had heard the name, but then you've got to understand, he was uh, on the podium at the 1960 Olympics light heavyweight. So... He was a bronze medalist at Rome in nineteen sixty so how does yeah he's won he's won the playoff then there on the podium is the legendary cassius clay uh just incredible so um what about this he His father died when he was thirty, grew up at Bathurst and Maitland he went over to America in the nineteen fifties trained under Custi who became famous for identifying Mike Tyson amongst others. Uh, after returning to Australia he sold E.H. Holdens with rugby league player Rex Mossop. So that's where Statsy from Freshwater comes in. So on the northern beaches there. So And he also says he never fought as a pro. There was a guy who was a known standover man who tried picking Madigan at the Newport Arms and got reminded very quickly to not pick a boxer, even a pretty boy in a street fight. Yes, he was a male model from all reports. So that is amazing. That is amazing. So good one, Coach K, uh, and well done to you, Statsy from Freshwater. You have you have won it, uh, Rooster Muzz. After hearing those TV ratings that rank the live A League alongside replays of some obscure ice skating on SBS, can someone please check on Simon Hill's welfare? That's a good point, Rooster Muzz. Yes, he'll be he'll be upset about that. Wait for age wouldn't work in league, Jimmy. It would kill the game in country as we struggle to find numbers as it is. The A town rabbit and the A town in Armadale. So the Armadale rabbit. So, but would that change things? Do you think A town rabbit, if if the little kitties weren't going to be, um, you know, uh, punished for one of a better term, make it tough against the bigger kitties? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, yes, Jimmy. There is really no excuse for not adequately covering the pitch, resulting in last night's BBL abandonment, as you said. Purchasing elaborate pitch covers would be money well spent, given the millions of dollars invested and at stake in the BBL. Because the match was abandoned, we missed out on seeing Quentin de Kock, a superstar at the World Cup, in action. He flew all the way from South Africa for the match and has already flown back, I think. What an amateurish farce, says 921. He hasn't, has he? That's that's ridiculous if he has. Um, yeah, that was Troy who had a strange phone call earlier, but crestfallen and disconsolate with you enunciating the wild things omission from the test in Perth. Yeah, I know. I knew you'd be upset. Uh, So upset, your call didn't make sense at all. Uh, Jimmy, I agree all day long. Thanks, Rooster Cam. Rooster Cam's going to lose the middle digit of his left hand just so he could stay healthy for the rest of his life. Congratulations to my Sheffield Wednesday team winning back-to-back games in the English championship division to get off the bottom that's from lee up there in brisbane good on you lee i think lee won something the other day he'd never won anything so uh well done to you on that one in regards to losing the left hand middle finger you don't play guitar do you i don't 444 what a good phone number 444 uh no but i'd imagine that comes in handy does it uh is what you're telling me so uh thank you for that massive down the finger is critical to good golf grip uh so i'm gonna get sick it is that's from matt good on you matt all right that was all thanks to SBS Fence. Let's wrap it up, and then we're back to really wrap it up. Well, that is it, peeps. We are done for the afternoon. We've got the run home coming up with Joel and Fletch, special guests Sats and Jace Matthews. Speaking of the rat, Fitzy tells me that he's missing a finger and still off scratch golf, so maybe a finger... Which finger, though? Do we know which finger Rat's missing? Probably Rat does. Uh, Hey, Jimmy, when will Western Australia learn if they want more Aussie players, they should play for New South Wales? Everyone knows it. Wink, wink. Simon (laughs) Caddich, coming up. No, he's not. I'm just joking on that one. Stuart McGill. No, not McGiller. Uh, uh, So a big thank you to everyone who's been a part of the program today. The Signet Boost Power Bank, that goes to Statsy from Freshwater. I reckon he's won it before. Statsy, any chance... Ah, forget about it. $100 cash, all thanks to Top Sport. That goes to Michael uh, recovering from a bit of an illness. So, Michael, we're going to hand it your way, mate. Uh, All the very best. Good to hear from you again. Tomorrow, Jaleesa Apps, Daniel Garb will be on the program. We'll be on from midday. Uh, No, Chris up there on the Gold Coast. So thank you, Chrissy, today. Coach K will be in attendance, though, and that is always a good thing. In the meantime, though, good afternoon, good evening, and good night.